0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Culture Wars. And before everybody gets all bent out of shape about the title of this podcast, I have to say that I've actually been planning to do a podcast uh, titled Justin Trudeau's Bigotry for a couple of weeks now on a totally different subject, entirely unrelated to everything that went down this week. But now, of course, before I get to that subject, I suppose we should do a rundown of the now-infamous blackface-brownface thing. Now, one of the interesting things about all of this is that most people actually don't appear to care very much, which doesn't particularly surprise me. Just to give people the rundown, if you've been hiding under a rock or are dedicated to not allowing politics to leak into your life at any place, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, who, of course, talks about diversity as sort of the, the, the cornerstone of his political identity. His, his entire persona is being the world's woke boyfriend. Uh, he's more progressive than thou. Uh, he, he just wants everybody to know that he's the least racist person anybody's ever met, that he is utterly sensitive to uh, everything that is related to uh, matters of race, matters of female empowerment, and you name it. And of course, his entire campaign so far, leading up to the election on October 21st of this year, has been to release uh, social media posts and photographs and other things by candidates from other parties, especially the conservatives, that reveal them to have made some stupid choices in terms of who they decided to hang out with or who they decided to. Uh, to speak with, or in one case, I think it was a joke that somebody said was Islamophobic. But basically, the liberal war room was planning to spend the next you know month and a half uh, releasing this drip, drip, drip of information about conservative candidates with the intention of attempting to paint them as this sort of white supremacist party. And this is, of course, entirely ridiculous. Like, all reasonable people know that Andrew Shear doesn't have a racist bone in his body, and every reasonable person knows that the conservative party of Canada isn't you know, teeming with white nationalists or people who have a deep loathing of people from other races. We know this is nonsense, but this is the game that Justin Trudeau's Liberal Party was trying to play. And of course, we now know uh, that Gerald Butts, who's been Justin Trudeau's best friend uh, since his university days, uh, is back on the campaign trail now with the Trudeau team after being briefly um, ejected from the Prime Minister's office in the wake of the SNC Lavallan scandal. and Gerald Butts is infamous for these sorts of tactics. He l- likes to enjo- he likes to call people Nazis on Twitter and stuff like that for, for saying something that he considers to be wildly out of line with current progressive thought, which as we all know, can change a- every hour or so. And so this was the context in which several photos, there are now three photographs in one video of Justin Trudeau dressed in blackface or brownface. And the the first two photos are from the same incident. They're from when he was 29 years old and a teacher at a private school in British Columbia. And they show him uh, dressed up as Aladdin, but apparently a Sudanese Aladdin, because he's entirely black, right down to his hands. In the photograph, which I'm sure you've all seen by now, he has his hand around a girl's neck and and has his uh, hand draped on her chest, which, of course... Um, reminds people that in this same time period here, in, in the same two-year time period, he was also accused of groping a reporter at a beer fest in Creston, British Columbia, against her will. Uh, he managed to write out that story by pretending that that story definitely uh, provided Canadians with a learning opportunity. There was, there was definitely a lot of things that we could learn from his experience uh, groping a reporter who didn't wish to be groped. Um, But one of the interesting things about the photograph that a lot of people have thought was kind of funny is that the Aladdin in the Disney film from the 90s wasn't even uh, black. And I had to read the book, 1001 Arabian Nights, actually, uh, back in university, and Aladdin wasn't black in that either. He was Persian, um, or in some other versions, uh, Arab. But either way, Justin Trudeau, uh, like he's basically Aladdin in blackface because uh, he, he really, really managed to overdo it. So there's two photographs from that event. Uh, and then he admitted that he had also worn blackface uh, in, back in high school so that he could sing the song Deo by Harry Belafonte. And then the third instance was an instance of him in total blackface, uh, right down to there was holes in his jeans and his legs are black through the holes in his jeans, dancing around and acting a bit like an ape. And former literal stra- uh, liberal pardon me, strategist for for Jean Chrishen, uh, po- uh wrote an absolutely scathing editorial about the racial undertones of what Trudeau was doing in that video for the Toronto Sun. And so this, is, this story is sort of spread worldwide at this point. It's kind of, uh, well, it's the front page of the BBC, CNN, the New York Times, Fox News, obviously MSNBC, you name it. And everybody's basically saying, "Look, Trudeau's been doing these extraordinarily racist things. He's been posing in blackface and making a mockery, an absolute mockery, of people from other races." Uh, Jagmeet Singh, the head of the NDP, of course, came out and spoke to Canadians who might be hurt by these pictures and. Andrew Scheer uh, came out and and went before the microphone and in what I thought was an incredible display of restraint because I'm sure he just wanted to be grinning from ear to ear, uh, talked about how these photographs rendered Justin Trudeau unfit for office. Justin Trudeau gave one press conference uh, on the plane the night these pictures broke um, saying that he was very sorry for having done this because, yes, he admits it was racist, but he didn't know it at the time. Even though he was a 29-year-old school teacher, right? It's not like he was a kid uh, when he was doing this. And uh, then he had to give another press conference the next day in Winnipeg because he had said there was only two instances in which he'd worn blackface. And then that other video emerged. Somebody leaked it to Global News. I believe the Conservative War Room got their hands on it first. And then at that one, <laughs> he actually just refused to say how many times he'd worn blackface because he obviously didn't remember all of the instances, which... Leads me to believe that he spent a decent chunk of his time um, when he was young wearing blackface for some reason. The whole thing just seems kind of kind of bizarre to me. For those of you who aren't uh, aware of why this is considered so offensive, uh, blackface and brownface is considered to be horribly offensive to black and brown people, especially because they're derived from these black minstrel shows especially uh dating back from the 20s and 30s in the united states they have a history rooted in anti-black propaganda and propaganda that was that dehumanizes um african americans and people of black descent and so this is why blackface has become a really controversial thing recently some of you might remember that governor ralph northam the uh extraordinarily repulsive governor uh, of, of northern virginia who uh Well, right after he got caught saying that babies who were born alive could in fact be left to die after attempted abortions. And then he got busted in a photograph either wearing blackface or dressed as a KKK member. There was two people on that photograph. He hasn't confirmed which of the ones he is. He seems to have survived that political storm simply because the next one in line to take the governor's office turns out also to have worn blackface. And the third in line turned out to be subject to credible accusations of sexual assault, which meant that if all three of them resigned due to their uh, sins against both women and the African-American community, respectively, uh, it would mean a Republican would take office. So at that point, the Democratic calls for his resignation grew strangely silent. Anyways, that's the whole context. That's the thing that sort of exploded today. Uh, Justin Trudeau, of course, is, is trying to blunt Uh, the calls for his resignation and trying to move past this by uh, doing town halls. He did one in Saskatoon yesterday where he took questions. ...from the audience. He's basically trying to pass this off as a result of his privilege, because of course, if he refers to this as something to do uh, with his privileged background, then he can blame society rather than the fact that he was obviously just an ignorant jackass. And and, and like, just to be clear here, I don't think that Justin Trudeau wearing brown face meant that, he's, that he was racist. I don't think that he has any deep-seated animosity towards people of other races. I genuinely don't. And so I, I really do dislike these disingenuous games in some ways. Where, you know, he he comes out having done something incredibly stupid, and instead of pointing out that he's a hypocrite, which I think is the real story here, um, we have to go for the jugular and claim that he's racist. Jagmeet Singh is now overplaying his hand and basically saying that, you know, this this indicates that there's some, you know, deep-seated racism in the Liberal Party. uh, Which I think is nonsense, like as much as it pains me to say that, and as much as I think Trudeau... Uh, Justin Trudeau is the worst prime minister in Canadian history. He is an, a, a horrible, amoral person in many ways. But does he hate black people or brown people? No, I think the answer is quite obviously no, he doesn't. Um, he's shockingly ignorant because I don't remember blackface ever being okay. Um, and Justin Trudeau's a lot older than I am. But that doesn't mean that he was racist. It just means again that he was really ignorant and entitled, and and also keep in mind that he's uh, from Quebec, and and, and the Quebecois have a much higher tolerance uh, for this sort of thing in the first place. And so, kind of going forward, I think people are sort of overestimating the impact that this is having on him. I think the best best the best chance that the Conservatives have of this really benefiting them is twofold. One. Hopefully a lot of Liberals won't turn out to vote because they're just so sick of Justin Trudeau because his tenure has been just sort of falling onto his face time and time and time again. So there was the India trip, as you'll remember, where he played Mr. Dress-Up across the country and made a total uh, jackass of himself with all of his costumes. He was even getting mocked by uh, by commentators and columnists in India itself. And he was sort of forced to admit that this trip was uh, a turned him into a bit of an international laughing stock. And because Canadians are actually um, quite proud of their humility. They really don't like becoming an international laughingstock. Then there's the SNC-Lavalin scandal, and now keep in mind that Justin Trudeau is not only the only Prime Minister in Canadian history to have been convicted of a federal crime once, he's now been guilty twice of committing a federal crime. Um, and this is pretty extraordinary, especially if you consider the rhetoric that the Liberals leveled against the Harper Conservatives acting like they were a corrupt party. Well, Stephen Harper and Again, no previous prime minister was ever, was ever convicted of breaking a federal law, which Justin Trudeau has done now twice in a single term. And then you've got all the, uh, the Bozo eruptions that he's been doing, like, you know, talking about people kind and all that sort of thing. And so the Liberals had really hoped they'd put all this behind them heading into the campaign. And then and then, just as they're running this sort of non-stop oppo-research drip-drip campaign which is designed to insinuate that the Conservative Party is teeming with racists, it turns out that Justin Trudeau, you know, the world's woke boyfriend, is guilty of something that most progressives consider to be hideously racist and is obviously rooted in the racist minstrel past. Again, I don't think that Justin Trudeau himself is a racist, but however, if you're going to run your entire campaign on accusing other non-racists of being racist, don't be surprised when everybody is utterly gleeful um, when when this whole thing turns around on you and you find yourself accused of the same thing. Justin Trudeau is basically asking him, like that, that Canadians and his party and his colleagues forgive him for something he would obviously not forgive in anybody else. Like if this was Andrew Scheer. Uh, or any other conservative politician or party leader, this would be game over, right? They would have resigned already. Their, their careers would have uh, burned down. Uh, but Justin Trudeau is a man of enormous hubris. He does think that he is the indispensable man. The Liberal Party is just too closely tied to his brand uh, to do anything else at this point. So they're just going to try to weather it out. And so back to the, the two ways I think the conservatives could benefit from this. I think first and foremost, one of the key benefits here. Uh, could be that the, the left gets split. The NDP has been doing dreadfully. Jagmeet has been doing an absolutely, Jagmeet Singh, that is doing an absolutely awful job of, of splitting the left. And if the NDP is weak, the conservatives don't form government. Uh, in order for the Conservatives to form government, the left has to be split between the Liberal Party of Canada and the NDP, which are the two major players. And Jagmeet's barely made a blip since he became leader. It's It's, it's been almost bewildering because he ran a very good leadership campaign. And then when it came to this, he suddenly seemed to turn into a, into a mouse. I have no idea what that was all about. But now hopefully... Hopefully uh, this scandal, especially considering the fact that he's a, you know, a brown man who wears a turban, will give him the opportunity to really uh, chew a chunk out of Justin Trudeau's left flank. Um, I hope that that, that will, will end up benefiting the conservatives. And then, and then second of all, another uh, point that I, I think is really important to consider when you're looking at how this all is unfolding is that the conservative party has chosen to target Justin Trudeau. Uh, by releasing ads pointing out that he's not as advertised, right? Uh, He went from, you know, a progressive, woke guy who marches in pride and does all these things, all these things, but, you know, in reality he, you know, gropes a reporter who doesn't want to be groped and then only apologizes when he finds out she's a member of the press. He talks about fighting against corruption, but he's the first prime minister in Canadian history to be convicted of a federal crime twice. Uh, and these blackface pictures really do play into the whole not-as-advertised thing. So despite the fact that uh, most voters... I don't think most voters are actually going to think Justin Trudeau's a racist as a result of seeing these photos. But it does highlight the fact that he's a hypocrite. It does highlight the fact that he holds people to a standard that he doesn't hold himself to and that he does not live up to. It highlights the fact that uh, like all of his bloviating... Uh, about uh, various progressive uh, proprieties pardon me it's just sort of garbage it's all a game it's all virtue signaling it's all designed to make him appear woker than thou and these pictures pretty definitively prove that not even Trudeau can live up to the standard that he expects everybody else to live by so I do think this messaging plays very very well into what the conservatives were already planning to do in terms of framing Trudeau's tenure in the minds of the voters but so besides the fact that I obviously hope that Justin Trudeau loses uh, the next election, which I don't think will happen, uh, to be if I'm really, really blunt, um, uh, Andrew Scheer doesn't seem to be making much of an impact, and I know they're hoping slow and steady wins the race, focus on pocketbook issues, and the voters come around, and I hope that works. Um, I just, at this point, have my doubts, because I've asked a lot of sort of ordinary people around where I live. Like I asked my barber recently, what he thought of conservative leader Andrew Scheer. And this is a guy who was considering voting conservative this time around and had never heard of him. So he really hasn't made much of, much of an impact yet, although I do hope uh, that that will change. But one of the other things I really hope uh, happens is that because Justin Trudeau is refusing to step down, because he's basically saying, look, um, you guys should forgive me and we should all just get on with this, I really hope that this marks the end of cancel culture. Uh, here in Canada. And I don't know if it will because the the progressives are tough, and, and I'll bet the liberals are still going to release their garbage oppo research on various conservative candidates for doing stuff significantly uh, less embarrassing than what Justin Trudeau has just been revealed to be involved with. Um, but if Justin Trudeau sticks around, he's basically sending a loud and clear message that you can commit youthful indiscretions, you can say stupid things, you can do stupid things, um, and you can be forgiven and have a second chance. Basically, if Justin Trudeau doesn't get cancelled by doing something that's widely considered in progressive circles to be the most offensive thing you can do, racially speaking, then this just means that we don't have to play by these games anymore. right? If Justin Trudeau is saying, yeah, I know that's the game, but I'm not going to play those rules, then why why do any of us have to play by those rules? So maybe maybe what ends up happening is that This incident will mark the end of weaponized political correctness. It won't mark the end of attempts by the left to use political correctness and weaponize it against their uh, ideological opponents. But what I'm saying is, is that maybe people will just stop buying into it because ask yourself this, right? How can Justin Trudeau come out against another candidate unless some conservative guy wore blackface like 10 times or something like that? Um, you know, what's he going to say, right? Is he going to call for the resignation of people who did stuff less racist than what he apparently did, right? Um, so a lot of liberal oppo research got basically rendered moot by the fact that, you know, their liberal leader went above and beyond all the crap they're uncovering, did stuff a lot worse, and it just leaves them with a pile of useless material because there was even reporters on the press junket, on the plane, during Trudeau's first apology speech, saying, like, how, how can you release this stuff about other people, when clearly it's a joke now that you've been revealed to have done something worse, right? And Trudeau really didn't have a good answer for that. So I do think that might stick. I think that people who love Trudeau anyways are just going to forgive him uh, for this, and they're going to move on. Uh, or there's going to be a lot of people who don't care to begin with. But I do think the hypocrisy charge is the potent charge here, and it's the one that I, I do hope will stick. Well, that brings me to what I actually was going to talk about on this podcast, like I, like I just said at the beginning, of the show here, I had already been planning to release a podcast called Justin Trudeau's Bigotry, and it had nothing to do with blackface or brownface or any of the things that he's been apologizing for. It has more to do, actually, with what he was attacking Andrew Shear for. You guys might remember that uh, the Liberal Party released a video of Andrew Shear back in 2005 opposing same-sex marriage. Um, this is back when same-sex marriage was opposed by huge numbers. Uh, of Canadians, many members of the Liberal Party, ironically, including uh, the very liberal MP Ralph Goodall, who tweeted out the video of Andrew Shear's speech in the first place. But if you listen to Canada's progressive political parties these days, like you'd think that social conservative views are basically extinct in Canada. And according to Trudeau, Canadians are lockstep behind his agenda, which he never stops pumping, right? He takes photographers with him to Pride. He goes into gay bars and takes a photographer with him there, too. And they all think that Justin Trudeau, or the Andrew Scheer, pardon me, should be hanging his head in shame. They, they, they talk about his refusal to attend Pride, um, as if this is something that, uh, that leaders, you know, are, are, are forced to attend. And I did a whole podcast about that earlier, which you can give a listen to if you want to hear my opinion on that. And interestingly, when this video got released, Trudeau and the Liberals actually talked about how Andrew Scheer was failing Canadians uh, in his refusal to attend Pride parades and his refusal to disavow the beliefs that he laid out in his 2005 a speech on same-sex marriage, which basically articulated uh, the Catholic and Christian viewpoint on it. So. Andrew Scheer can't apologize for saying that because he would be apologizing for his deeply held religious beliefs. He has said, look, the law and the country have moved on, so a conservative government isn't going to bother to revisit the issue of same-sex marriage because that's been settled both in the courts and in Parliament. And for the moment, at least, it really is settled in in uh, in public opinion. That's not good enough anymore, right, for the Liberals. You, you actually have to change the way you think and feel about things. You can't just say, okay, well, that seems to be settled, so we're going to focus on other stuff. You actually have to promise with tears in your eyes that you're now on board with the agenda. And this is what Trudeau told reporters. It's just disgusting. He said, it's just unfortunate that there are still some party leaders who want to be prime minister who choose to stand with people who are intolerant instead of standing with the LGBT community. Now, here's where I, I think things get interesting, and here's where I think Trudeau's anti-religious bigotry is really showing. Because one has to wonder who Trudeau is referring to when he refers to people who are, quote, intolerant. Because presumably, he means all Canadians who dislike pride parades. And as I mentioned in my previous podcast, there are a lot of people, even those who identify as gay, who find these displays very distasteful. So if that's the case, Trudeau is actually smearing a way larger portion of the Canadian public than he actually realizes. And in fact, uh, Global News reported earlier this summer that, and I'm going to quote here, a new poll has found that one in four Canadians still oppose same-sex marriage. So starting off with that, when Trudeau says that you know, this sort of intolerance has no place in Canada... He's talking about around a quarter of the Canadian population. And more interesting uh, is, okay, who are these people who oppose same-sex marriage? And this is where things get more interesting. So uh, first off, the poll doesn't even address the number of Canadians who oppose the pride parades that Trudeau really enjoys scampering around in. a number that's probably higher than those who just approve of, uh, disapprove of same-sex marriage, considering you know the range of simulated sex acts and adult nudity and things like that. But there's a full quarter of Canadians who say they're not on board with the redefinition of marriage, which Canada legalized 14 years ago. And to those of us who are actually aware of Canada's religious and cultural diversity, that statistic isn't really that surprising because most of Canada's largest religious groups, and this includes Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims, Orthodox Jews, Orthodox Christians, all of them reject the LGBT redefinition of marriage. It's a definitional question to them. They say marriage is defined in religious terms, in this way. And so the government can say whatever it wants about what marriage is, uh, and the government can do what they want in civil secular society, but that's not the way we view marriage. And so we just don't see that as marriage from our religious perspective. And most new Canadians and immigrant communities are profoundly conservative on social issues. They don't vote on those issues, but the Liberals take care not to campaign on these issues in those communities. Whenever Jagmeet Singh or or, or somebody from the Sikh community who's also in politics comes out and thunders about abortion or same-sex marriage, I always say, I dare you to campaign on those issues uh, in Urdu or Punjabi or Hindi. And none of them do it. They only campaign on those issues in English because they have no desire to promote these progressive values that they hold, but the majority of people from their religious communities do not hold. And so it would appear that when Justin Trudeau refers to, quote, people who are intolerant, he's actually referring, ironically, to non-white Canadians primarily. According to the Global News poll, and I'm going to quote here, the poll found a cultural divide among Canadians over same-sex marriage, with 71% of respondents of European descent backing the right, versus only 44% support from respondents of East Asian backgrounds, and 42% support from the respondents of South Asian descent. So you got that? When Justin Trudeau refers to Canadian values, he's referring to the LGBT values held by 71% of respondents of European descent, so white Canadians. But the majority of brown Canadians don't actually believe what he believes on these issues. In other words, the majority of non-white Canadians would share Andrew Scheer's position or some formulation thereof, not Justin Trudeau's opinion. So Justin Trudeau thinks that the enlightened post-Christian Europeans are the, quote, tolerant Canadians, while the brown Canadians, who have not yet dispensed with their religious and cultural heritage the way he has, are bigoted and intolerant. So Trudeau talks a good game about diversity being our strength and all that stuff, but when push comes to shove, he starts to get pushy. Trudeau is phenomenally intolerant of all views that do not match his own, and those most likely to hold his views, as it turns out. Are white people just like himself? So, and, like, and here's what drives me nuts about the Conservatives, is they're real cowards when it comes to actually responding uh, to things like this. Because just, Andrew Shear should be loudly pointing this out. Uh, he should be saying, when Justin Trudeau says that I am siding with people who are intolerant, is he referring to new Canadians? Is he referring to Syrian refugees? Is he referring to immigrant communities? Is he referring to the full quarter of the Canadian public? that holds a different view than Trudeau does, right? Trudeau should be crystal clear. When he says diversity of our strength, is he talking exclusively about the primarily white people who think just like him, or is he actually referring to the many socially conservative cultures that make up Canada's multicultural patchwork? So again, the majority of brown Canadians are not on board a same-sex marriage, And the same generally goes for their positions on euthanasia and abortion and issues like that. As you all know, I work full-time for a pro-life organization. We've gone door-to-door in many immigrant communities. And one of the reasons it's difficult to door-knock in those communities is because they're so supportive of us. They constantly invite us in for dinner or give us water bottles or want to chat longer. When Justin Trudeau says that these views have no place in Canada, he is referring to the views of immigrant communities, of Syrian refugees, of many different religious groups. And when he refers to Canadian values, he is talking about the values of primarily and predominantly old stock Canadians of European descent. So that is actually what I wanted to get at when I talked about Justin Trudeau's bigotry, not about his black face or his brown face but the fact that actually he talks about certain kinds of intolerant bigots who have no place in Canada, and that based on polling here, published by Global News, the people he's referring to are non-white Canadians. He does not believe that their beliefs have a place in Canada. They're intolerant and bigoted because they don't think like him and the rest of you know the post-Christian white Europeans. I think Justin Trudeau should probably have a long hard think about this sort of thing of course he won't it's not the sort of thing that he does as you know we find out more and more every day um but i think the conservatives should be calling him out on this when he says that these people people who hold the same position andrew Shear does are intolerant and bigoted they should be forced to answer for it the same thing with all these nauseating commentators like charles adler who's insufferable and michael corin who's even worse who constantly like to pretend that they're enlightened But in reality, they're just simply saying that they are more enlightened than all the brown Canadians who cling to their religion and cling to their traditions and cling to the definition of marriage that nearly the entire world recognized prior to the year 2000. They like to claim history is on our side when they've got roughly 20 years of it and there's, you know, 2000 years on the other side. So that is what I was referring to by Justin Trudeau's bigotry. Justin Trudeau is an anti-religious bigot because he says those who do not think like him are intolerant and bigoted, which ironically re- reveals exactly where he's at. And that's one of the reasons I'm not surprised at all about this blackface-brownface scandal. No, I don't think that he is a racist. I think that he's a bigot against religious Canadians, and he would like to force his view on those who disagree with him, and he would like to demand that everybody act And think, that's important, think like him. It's not good enough that they want to leave the legal status quo alone. They have to think like him, too. Well, based on what we're learning about Justin Trudeau, I don't think anybody wants to think like him, least of all immigrant communities who recognize that Justin Trudeau is a tremendous, tremendous hypocrite. Thanks again for listening this week. Head over to SoundCloud or iTunes if you want to check out past shows or go to thebridgehead.ca to check out our opinion commentary and our previous podcasts. Again, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.